What does the word freedom mean to you? Only you can define it in your life and only you can decide to build the life of freedom and fulfillment you deserve. This is Freedom Mindset Radio. I'm your host, Kurt Mercadante, and we're grateful you're here. So today I want to talk about victimhood and who truly profits when you become a victim. Because there are many forces in society. Some of them are friends and so-called loved ones. Some of them are lobbying groups. Some of them are businesses. Some of them are uh, the media. People who gain when you lose from being a victim. So I want to start off by telling you a personal story. So I grew up fat. I wasn't big boned. I wasn't one of those, you know, uh, victim limiting labels that people would have me believe. I was fat. And I was fat because I practiced sloth. I didn't get enough exercise. I ate like shit. Now, I could blame it all on my parents and what they fed me when I was young, but that would turn me into a victim. No, I was fat because of the lifestyle habits I adopted from a young age. Now, growing up, I got picked on because I was fat. It wasn't fun, but it wasn't enough pain to make me change. I remember in first grade, Mrs. Stack, you know, we went around the room asking, what does everyone want to be when they grow up? And I remember I replied, I want to be a stuntman or I wanted to be a fireman. You know what Mrs. Stack, my first grade teacher said in front of the entire class, she said, well, you're going to have to lose some weight for that to happen. That was a shitty thing to say. Now, it would be easy to say, wow, you know, that comment from Mrs. Stack hurt my self-esteem and that spun me out of control and that didn't help me to lose weight and that turned me into a victim. But you know what? Saying that turns me into a victim and, and, and would excuse me from the deliberate choices I was making to be fat. So I look back on that. And it's like, yeah, it was a shitty thing to say. There was no empathy there, but I used that as fuel to keep in shape every day. Something that was said when I was six years old old. Mrs. Stack didn't turn me into a victim. Mrs. Stack didn't make me fat. What she had to say was crappy, right? And this isn't about shaming people for their body image or or any of those things. But I could have easily turned myself into a victim of what she said. Now, thinking back then, I probably did. I thought, woe is me. I'm sure I came home. Now, my parents, for one thing, I would be bullied. You know, when Mrs. Stack said those things, I came home crying. My mom didn't let me feel sorry for myself. You know what she said? Well, start eating better and get in shape. She didn't allow me to turn myself into a victim, but I continued being fat. I remember in Boy Scouts, I was in one Boy Scout troop and I actually got physically beat up. And I remember we went to summer camp And there was also a Girl Scout troop around there. And all the guys were hanging out with the girls. And I thought, oh, wow, I'm going to be cool. I'm going to be one of the guys until someone described, decided to describe me to the group as Spanky. I don't know if you remember the Little Rascals. He was the little chubby guy. And they called me Spanky. And so that nickname stuck because I was the little chubby guy and all the girls were laughing. I felt like, shit, that was not good at all being insulted, being bullying. Sometimes they would actually physically beat me up. And I remember coming home and my parents would never let me self-turn myself into a victim. They'd say, well, start working out and get in shape. And you know what? I would try those things. You know, I'd watch Rocky, I'd watch a movie and I would have that motivation that would get going for a week and I'd do push-ups, and I'd go out and I'd start working out for a week, but it would drop off because there was nothing really meaningful there. And apparently the pain of being insulted, being bullied, and, and, and feeling that way didn't overcome 
the challenges that I had in my mind of sticking to a program and eating less, of course, because I would always been taught to have two or three helpings at dinner. Again, that was my choice, regardless of what my parents said or how much food they made, it was my choice. And so I didn't put habits in place to affect those choices. And I continued to be fat. Again, I wasn't big boned. I wasn't, it, it, it wasn't anyone else's fault, but my own, I was fat. Then I remember in seventh grade, we were doing sprints uh, at, at basketball practice. And suddenly for one of the sprints, I won. I destroyed everyone. Now, I was still fat, but apparently I was kind of fast. And I kept doing that over and over and over again. By the way, I was horrible at basketball, but I looked, started looking forward to going to basketball practice for those sprints when I would win or come in first or second because suddenly I felt confident. Wow, I have this talent. I'm kind of quick. Now, one of the basketball coaches was a track coach. He said, why don't you go out for track? So I did go out for track. I ended up winning a number of first place medals. I was still fat, I was still chubby. But now I had some meaning to the reason I wanted to get into shape and I spent the entire summer running, getting in shape. I was about 130, 135 pounds when we started. This is about seventh grade. And I got down to about 110 pounds. I started eating differently, making different lifestyle choices, working out, running. And it wasn't just about looking better. It wasn't just about having people not insult me. I now had a goal. I wanted to start winning races. I wanted to be the best I could be. And so I lost all this weight. I got in shape in an eighth grade. I think I broke the cross country record in terms of uh, time in my very first cross country race. I won a whole bunch of medals in track. Went on through high school to win some medals, do well in track, and I stayed in shape. I always struggled with that temptation to overeat. I would binge eat and I would do it and I feel like crap, but I always came back because I wanted to win those medals. I wanted that sense of significance. I had a goal that was just bigger than my ego, bigger than just looking good, bigger than, than not being insulted. And so I made those lifestyle changes to get that, to, to achieve that goal. Now, when I went to college, I didn't have those same goals. I lost those goals and I lost 40, or gained, sorry, 48 pounds in my first semester. 48 pounds in my first semester because I didn't have that goal anymore and I didn't have lasting changes in the habits I had. We went there at the University of Iowa and in the food hall, it was a buffet. I could eat whatever the hell I wanted. All these mashed potatoes, chicken, fried steak, good country food in the state of Iowa. And I put on 48 pounds. I became really fat. I'm five foot four. I got up to 205 pounds, not that first year, but over the, the next few years. Now, about my senior year, I got back into running again. Actually, when I was living in New York, got back into running because I, I ran to pass the time. And I started getting that larger goal again, that I wanted to get my time down and running. I lost a whole bunch of weight, then I gained it back, and then I'd lose weight, and then I'd, I, I'd lose 25 pounds, and then I'd gain 30, I'd gain 40 pounds. Fast forward to about 2008, 2009, and it manifested itself in some just horrible ways. For eight years, I had been on Lipitor, because everyone told me, wow, genetically, you are genetically predisposed to high cholesterol. You are genetically predisposed to being fat. And so I gave into that, and I took the Lipitor, and my cholesterol was good, and I thought that excused me from some other things, so I remember I remember I would be with my friends and I would eat the, the three pound burrito to get the free shirt and everyone would laugh and I'd feel some significance from that, right? 
And so I had these horrible lifestyle. I worked. I was doing all this work. Again, I got up to 205 pounds again. There were other health issues in terms of anxiety attacks, stomach pains. Um, but hey, I was on the drugs, right? I had that easy button. Everything was going to be okay if I took the cholesterol drug. Till finally around 2009, I decided I was absolutely sick of it. And I read a blog post uh, on Tim Ferriss's website by Rob Wolf about the paleo diet. Long story short, for the past 10 years, I've lived a primal lifestyle, low carb, almost no sugar, heavy on meats, vegetables, uh, made a number of lifestyle changes a few years ago. Listen, I haven't been on a statin drug in 10 years. I decided that I was not going to be genetically predisposed to being fat, to having high cholesterol. I decided to take personal responsibility to no longer be a victim. I made changes in my life that have stuck over 10 years because it became not just about looking good or not being insulted, it became about, I don't want to die. Now, some things had happened. My dad had um, had cancer around that time. Uh, I remember my brother had uh, some stomach issues, diverticulitis. Uh, and I saw those things and I didn't want that. I didn't want to die early. I was on that trajectory to die early. And so it was that larger goal again that I had that forced me to make lifestyle changes. I also didn't want to be in pain anymore. The pain had gotten so much. Now, there were some other lifestyle changes I read about in my book in terms of being more free and fulfilled, but I would be doubled over with these massive stomach pains. A lot of it had to do with mindset, but much of it had to do with eating like crap, not exercising, not working out. So for the past 10 years, I've made these lifestyle changes to achieve this broader goal in life. Part of that is freedom, being free and not being a prisoner of the pharmaceutical companies of my bad habits. A couple of years ago, I went to the doctor and he said my cholesterol levels were the best he's seen in a male my age, he said, what do you do? I said, I ate a lot of red meat, a lot of bacon, a lot of eggs, right? I chose not to be a victim. So the reason I bring this up is this. Who profits when I was a victim? Now, people around me who'd like to insult me, who'd like me to continue to be a victim because it makes me weak, might make them feel better about themselves. The pharmaceutical companies sure profited. For years, I was told that I was a prisoner and a victim of my genes, and so I paid a lot of money for those pharmaceutical drugs. You see, pharmaceutical companies don't make money when you make better lifestyle choices. They would rather sell you the easy button and convince you that those statin drugs are the key to you living a long, healthy life. And you take those statin drugs and then you keep eating the fried chicken and yeah, your cholesterol is low. I'm not convinced that actually has a meaningful impact on whether or not you're gonna get heart disease, but even if it did, what about cancer? What about the inflammation it causes? You know, my father, died of cancer, fought it for several years, passed away in 2012. Now it's easy to say, well, cancer just strikes you and there's nothing we can do about it. You gotta take those drugs. But I remember when he was diagnosed, we looked at lifestyle choices he made over the past 50, 60 years. He was a chain smoker in the 60s and 70s. Could we trace his cancer back to lifestyle decisions he made? I would probably assert yes. My father would probably assert yes as well. And as he was dying, he refused to turn himself into a victim as well. So ask yourself, when you turn yourself into a victim, who profits? Yesterday, there was someone, there was a doctor on Twitter, and he shared this op-ed article. I believe it was in the Hill magazine. And it was from some other 
uh, physicians who talked about treating obesity as another epidemic like we do other diseases. And as you read, if you read that article, go check it out. What he's implying is that we ought to make better policy decisions from the government to help people be healthier. Think about that. We want to rely on the government to make us healthier. That, my friends, is the very definition of turning yourselves into a victim. You don't. You think politicians wouldn't love for you to be reliant on them and what they are going to do in Washington, D.C. to make you healthier? They don't profit. They don't get votes when you take personal responsibility to make better lifestyle choices. Now, physicians, I think there's enough looking back that many physicians are very hooked in with the pharmaceutical companies. The pharmaceutical companies would love nothing better than for you to be a victim, to have to rely on their quote-unquote solutions and their easy pills to make you healthier. They don't profit when you make better lifestyle choices. So that op-ed, I was extremely bothered by the fact that they want to treat obesity just like any other epidemic. They want to treat it like other diseases, some diseases that you may have no control over. The very fact of the matter is, if you buy into that mentality, if I had bought into that mentality, and I did for several years, I don't now, the reason that I was fat was not due to society. It was not due to external factors. It was not due to government policies. It was not due to the pharmaceutical companies. The reason I was fat for so many years, the reason that I was bullied and insulted for so many years and didn't make a change, the reason that I was beat up and harassed and humiliated was not because of the government. It wasn't because of you. It wasn't because of society. It wasn't because of the pharmaceutical companies. It was because for years, I did not take personal responsibility to make better choices to be healthy in my life. Again, this isn't about shaming anyone for body image and for their habits and what they look like. No, no, no. What my first grade teacher said about me when I was fat, that was shitty. Now, I could have chosen to go to the corner and make myself a victim and say, well, she said something mean, therefore I'm going to go eat and she's right and I have to accept that I'm fat. Or I could look at it as, that was an asshole thing to say. She's a fucking bitch. I'm going to make changes in my life to show her that I am in control of my life. So, there's a lot of forces in society that would have you be a victim. Now, I've talked about my story in terms of growing up fat for years, being humiliated and insulted. And for many years, I probably did turn myself into a victim. I no longer uh, accept victimhood. But in your life, where are those factors where you feel like maybe you're a victim? I see some of your comments here on LinkedIn sometimes when I talk about business success and you say, well, you're just privileged. One time I talked about the ability to work 14 hours a week and make money and people posted comments such as, well, you must have married rich. You must be lucky. Again, there was that that privilege uh, word that reared his ugly head. If you worry about other people's privilege and your lack thereof, you are turning yourself into a victim. Who profits from that? Certainly not you. If you are unhealthy and you want to turn yourself into a victim, who profits from that? Maybe the pharmaceutical companies, maybe the politicians who would have you believe you're in your state of unhealthiness 
due to government policies and just elect them and all will be better. If you are struggling to build your business and some would have you believe it's some evil rich person out there who has gotten rich at your expense, who is profiting from your victimhood? Certainly not you. So I urge you over the next week, yes, practice gratitude for what you have. Be eternally grateful for being alive and for everything around you because, listen, if you're watching this video, if you're listening to this on my podcast, you're listening on a technological device, which in and of itself shows that you are more privileged than the great majority of humans in the world. So be grateful. But don't let that gratitude turn into guilt and stagnation just to be happy for what you have. That turns you into a victim and you are not the one who will profit from that victimhood. Have a strong sense of gratitude, but also have a sense of forward-looking purpose that says, I am responsible for my life. I am unhealthy and I'm gonna make better lifestyle changes. I'm not gonna rely on the government, the pharmaceutical company, society, anyone else to get me there. I have had business failures. Instead of turning myself into a victim of government, of society, of anyone else, I'm going to learn from those failures and I'm going to be responsible moving forward starting today for my business success. I have had failed relationships and I look and I'm going to learn from those relationship failures and I'm going to realize that I can learn and turn myself not into a victim, but someone who is empowered from today moving forward to have better relationships. Whatever it is, you may have failed yesterday, last week, we all have trauma. It's not a competition, but every single person in this world has trauma. You can either turn yourself into a victim of that trauma or you can decide that today is day one. You're going to learn that, use that past trauma as learning experiences to no longer turn yourself into a victim and empower yourself starting right today to make better choices moving forward. Because I guarantee when you turn yourself into a victim, someone other than you is profiting from that. It's time to start profiting from your learning experiences, some of which may have been traumatic, and you profit from them by taking personal responsibility to make better choices starting today. Are you up for that challenge? I think you are. So thank you for joining us on this live. I'm going to look to see who is joining us here live on this Sunday morning live stream. Now, many of you may agree with what I have to say today. I know there are some of you who it's some tough medicine to hear. Some of you are probably going to be offended because everyone gets offended by everything in society. Alexi Lalas, the great former professional soccer player, he gets on Twitter on a regular basis and say, what am I supposed to be outraged about today? He says it tongue in cheek because so many of us wake up looking for things to be outraged about. And you know what? There is someone profiting from your outrage because when you allow others to control your outrage, to control your barometer of the day, you turn yourself into a victim. And again, when you turn yourself into a victim, someone other than you is profiting. Hey, what's up, fellow freedom fighters? Listen, are you in operations in the C-suite and human resources? Hell, are you anyone who's interested in building a team of superheroes? Well, guess what? I got a treat for you. We launched my latest podcast. It's called Team of Superheroes. We talk about employee engagement. We talk about leadership. You know what? Instead of putting warm butts in seats and trying to engage them... 
Our podcast teaches you how and empowers you to empower your individual team members to unleash their unique superpowers to achieve key outcomes. They're more fulfilled, which means they're more engaged, which means they're more productive, which means they and you are more profitable. Go and check out the Team of Superheroes podcast here on iTunes, Google, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll see you over there.